Section 16 of The World as Will and Idea. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Matt Perard. The World as Will and Idea, Volume 1, by Arthur Schopenhauer. Translated by R. B. Haldane and J. Kemp. Paragraph 27. If, from the foregoing consideration of the forces of nature and their phenomena, we have come to see clearly how far an explanation from causes can go and where it must stop, if it is not to degenerate into the vain attempt to reduce the content of all phenomena to their mere form, in which case there would ultimately remain nothing but form, we shall be able to settle in general terms what is to be demanded of etiology as a whole. It must seek out the causes of all phenomena in nature, i.e., the circumstances under which they invariably appear. Then it must refer to the multitude of phenomena which have various forms in various circumstances to what is active in every phenomenon and is presupposed in the cause original forces of nature it must correctly distinguish between a difference of the phenomenon which arises from a difference of the force and one which results merely from a difference of the circumstances under which the force expresses itself and with equal care it must guard against taking the expressions of one and the same force under different circumstances for the manifestations of different forces and conversely against taking for manifestations of one and the same force what originally belongs to different forces now this is the direct work of the faculty of judgment and that is why so few men are capable of increasing our insight in physics while all are able to enlarge experience indolence and ignorance make us disposed to appeal too soon to original forces this is exemplified with an exaggeration that savors of irony in the entities and quiddities of the schoolmen nothing is further from my desire than to favor their resuscitation we have just as little right to appeal to the objectification of will instead of giving a physical explanation as we have to appeal to the creative power of god for physics demands causes and the will is never a cause its whole relation to the phenomenon is not in accordance with the principle of sufficient reason but that which in itself is the will exists in another aspect as idea that is to say is phenomenon as such it obeys the laws which constitute the form of the phenomenon every movement for example although it is always a manifestation of will must yet have a cause from which it is to be explained in relation to a particular time and space that is not in general in its inner nature but as a particular phenomenon in the case of the stone this is a mechanical cause in that of the movement of a man it is a motive but in no case can it be wanting on the other hand the universal common nature of all phenomena of one particular kind that 
which must be presupposed if the explanation for causes is to have any sense and meaning is the general force of nature which in physics must remain a qualitas occulta because with it the etiological explanation ends and the metaphysical begins but the chain of causes and effects is never broken by an original force to which it has been necessary to appeal it does not run back to such a force as if it were its first link but the nearest link as well as the remotest presupposes the original force and could otherwise explain nothing a series of causes and effects may be the manifestation of the most difficult kinds of forces whose successive visible appearances are conducted through it as i have illustrated above by the example of a metal machine but the difference of these original forces which cannot be referred to each other by no means breaks the unity of that chain of causes and the connection between all its links the etiology and the philosophy of nature never do violence to each other but go hand in hand regarding the same object from different points of view etiology gives an account of the causes which necessarily produce the particular phenomenon to be explained it exhibits as the foundation of all its explanations the universal forces which are active in all these causes and effects it accurately defines enumerates and distinguishes these forces and then indicates all the different effects in which each force appears regulated by the difference of the circumstances always in accordance with its own peculiar character which it discloses in obedience to an invariable rule called a law of nature when all this has been thoroughly accomplished by physics in every particular it will be complete and its work will be done there will then remain no unknown force in unorganized nature nor any effect which has not been proved to be the manifestation of one of these forces under definite circumstances in accordance with the law of nature yet a law of nature remains merely the observed rule according to which nature invariably proceeds whenever certain definite circumstances occur therefore a law of nature may be defined as a fact expressed generally on fait generalise and thus a complete enumeration of all the laws of nature would only be a complete register of facts the consideration of nature as a whole is thus completed in morphology which enumerates compares and arranges all the enduring forms of organized nature of the causes of the appearance of the individual creature it has little to say for in all cases this is procreation the theory of which is a separate matter and in rare cases the generatio equivoca but to this last belongs strictly speaking the manner in which all the lower grades of the objectification of will that is to say physical and chemical phenomena appear as individual and it is precisely the task of etiology to point out the conditions of this appearance philosophy on the other hand concerns itself only with the universal in nature as everywhere else the original forces themselves are here its object and it recognizes in them the different grades of the objectivity of will 
which is the inner nature, the in itself of this world, and when it regards the world apart from will, it explains it as merely the idea of the subject. But if etiology, instead of preparing the way for philosophy and supplying its doctrines with practical application by means of instances, supposes that its aim is rather to deny the existence of all original forces, except perhaps one, the most general, for example, impenetrability, which it imagines it thoroughly understands, and consequently seeks forcibly to refer all the others to it. It forsakes its own province, and can only give us error instead of truth. The content of nature is supplanted by its form. Everything is ascribed to the circumstances which work from without, and nothing to the inner nature of the thing. Now, if it were possible to succeed by this method, a problem in arithmetic would ultimately, as we have already remarked, solve the riddle of the universe. But this is the method adopted by those, referred to above, who think that all physiological effects ought to be reduced to form and combination, this, perhaps, to electricity, and this, again, to chemism, and chemism to mechanism. The mistake of Descartes, for example, and of all the atomists, was of this last description. They referred the movements of the globe to the impact of a fluid, and the qualities of matter to the connection and form of the atoms, and hence they labored to explain all the phenomena of nature as merely manifestations of impenetrability and cohesion. Although this has been given up, precisely the same error is committed in our own day by the electrical, chemical, and mechanical physiologists who obstinately attempt to explain the whole of life and all the functions of the organism from form and combination. In Meckel's Archifer Physiology, 1820, volume 5, page 185, we still find it stated that the aim of physiological explanation is the reduction of organic life to the universal forces with which physics deals. Lamarck also in his philosophy zoologique explains life as merely the effect of warmth and electricity the calorie et la matière électrique suffisant parfaitement pour composer ensemble cette cause essentielle de la vie according to this warmth and electricity would be the thing in itself and the world of animals and plants its phenomenal appearance the absurdity of this opinion becomes glaringly apparent at the 306th and following pages of that work. It is well known that all these opinions, that have been so often refuted, have reappeared quite recently with renewed confidence. If we carefully examine the foundation of these views, we shall find that they ultimately involve the presupposition that the organism is merely an aggregate of phenomena of physical, chemical, and mechanical forces, which have come together here by chance, and produced the organism as a freak of nature without further significance. The organism of an animal or of a human being would therefore be, if considered philosophically, not the exhibition of a special idea, that is, not itself immediate, objectivity of the will at a 
definite higher grade, but in it would appear only those ideas which objectify the will in electricity, in chemism, and in mechanism. Thus the organism would be as fortuitously constructed by the concurrence of these forces as the forms of men and beasts in clouds and stalactites, and would therefore in itself be no more interesting than they are. However, we shall see immediately how far the application of physical and chemical modes of explanation to the organism may yet, within certain limits, be allowable and useful. For I shall explain that the vital force certainly avails itself of, and uses the forces of, unorganized nature. Yet these forces no more constitute the vital force than a hammer and anvil make a blacksmith. Therefore, even the most simple example of plant life can never be explained from these forces by any theory of capillary attraction and endosmos, much less animal life. The following observations will prepare the way for this somewhat difficult discussion. End of Part 1, Chapter 27